Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday as we are heading to Thanksgiving in a couple of days. And on today's show, I want to talk about the MVP case for Debo Samuel because the prevailing thought around the MVP for the National Football League is that it's most likely going to be a quarterback, and rightfully so. The quarterback is the most important position in sports, and when you're talking about the good teams that are going towards the playoffs, you always think about the MVP, the most valuable player, obviously, is the quarterback. But that's not the case for this 49ers team. So I want to try and just parse through the MVP candidates right now and see how much of a chance Debo Samuel has. That's going to come up later on in the show. But in this first segment, I want to get to what happened last night because there are a few things in sports, and this is this is just going to be a quick recap. But we had the Sharks; they played last night against the Carolina Hurricanes, and really they looked like the Carolina Candy Canes because of those jerseys. I don't know if anyone watched that Sharks game last night, but those jerseys that the Hurricanes wore were awful, awful, <laughs> terrible. They really look like candy canes. They have canes written diagonally from their right shoulder down to their left hip. So canes diagonally, and it's all just red and white. They really do look like the candy canes. And then the Hurricanes were up one nothing, and they're 14-1 and on the season going into this. 14-1-1, and technically. So 14 wins and one loss. Pretty damn good. And they're up one nothing. Then the Sharks tie the game late. They take the game to OT. Then Barbanov gets it done. Barbanov back for EK65 to Ferraro. He beats it up a bit. Now gets it flat. Sends it down to Hurdle. Shot saved by Ronka. And Barbanov scores! Sharks win it in overtime! And I got to say, credit to NBC Sports California for that audio. Shout out to 
Randy Hahn and Brett Hedigan on the call, but the amount of people that are at those Sharks games in the middle of the week, I understand that it's a Monday night, but being someone who is used to the Sharks at least being relatively good during the regular season prior to, you know, prior to 2020, normally it'll be packed out. Normally it'd be packed out, especially pre-pandemic. And now I understand if people don't want to be inside an arena, but seeing all those empty rows kind of just it kind of just uh, takes you aback, you know? I mean, I didn't expect to see that with the Sharks. That's just me. But shout out to the Sharks, though. They've uh, they've been really on a quite a losing streak here. I mean, they've lost, what, four out of their last five or... Uh, yeah, four out of their last five prior to this game. So the fact that they got the overtime win in front of a crowd, which really wasn't that big, but at least the people who go, that means they're dedicated. At least they got a win for them. So that's what happened in the National Hockey League last night. In the NFL, you had the Buccaneers beat the crap out of the Giants. I mean, there was really no other way around it. The Giants, they even gave themselves a chance to really get back into the game, but the Tom Brady was way too much, threw for over 300 yards, had a couple of touchdowns. Daniel Jones did not look good, and the Giants just are not a good team, and I wonder how they're going to continue to try to build around Saquon. And, of course, the Manning cast was on last night, and you had Condoleezza Rice on there. And I'll be honest, I was in a situation where I couldn't really hear the TV when Condoleezza Rice was off, but I didn't really, so I didn't hear much of what she was saying, but I caught the highlights after, and she says we need more women in coaching. But I did manage to watch one Kevin Hart, and Kevin Hart was just going off the entire time. I don't know if you saw it, but... When Kevin Hart starts talking, he gets going. And he starts to bring the comedy out, and that's what he's there to do. But Peyton is there to watch a football game. Peyton Manning, that is. And you could tell Peyton is at a point where he's just tired of interviewing these guests. Where he's tired of having these people talk while there's stuff going on in the football game that he wants to bring up. I mean, Kevin Hart went on like a two-minute rant, and something happened in the middle of the game, and Peyton really wanted to comment on it. I think it was a wide-open Gronkowski pass. Gronkowski making a comeback after getting hurt in Week 8. But it was after Gronkowski was wide open, and all Peyton wanted to do was dissect as to why... Gronk was wide open, but instead Kevin Hart is just trying to make comedy. I don't know. That was comedy in itself. Just watching Peyton get frustrated with these guests who are talking too much. So that's what happened to cap off the week. The Buccaneers beat the Giants 30-10. to And then in the NBA, not going to go through every game because there were a lot of games last night, but the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Utah Jazz, those two teams, if you're going to talk about formidable teams within the Western Conference to face the Warriors... You'd probably say none at this point, really. I mean, maybe the Suns who are upcoming, but you'd put the Grizzlies and the Jazz up there. I bet they'll be hanging around the Western Conference toward the end of the season because they got some good teams. And the Jazz were up. They were at home. They were in Utah. They were up by double digits at one point. I managed to catch the Memphis Grizzlies at plus 10.5, but that's neither here nor there. And there was a situation at the end of the game where the Grizzlies were down by two. There was about 14 seconds left. And I don't know how it got to this point, but it turned into a meeting with the refs and the teams. And it it turned into a a five- to six-minute situation 
And it felt incredibly, like it was incredibly long because they were arguing as to whether it should be a jump ball or not at center court. So it ended up being a jump ball. The Grizzlies are down by two. It's Jaron Jackson Jr. versus Rudy Gobert at center court. And Jaron Jackson Jr. wins the tip and does this. Balls up. Tap one. Morant with a chance to tie or win. They kick it out. Three. Jackson got it. 5.7 seconds to play, and a one-point Memphis lead on a big three late in the fourth. And I don't know how John Morant does what he does. John Morant uh, had 32 points in their comeback win last night. But Jared Jackson Jr. hitting a big-time three. And uh, looks like the Western Conference right now. You got the Warriors at the top at 15-2. and two, The Suns at 14-3. and three, Then you got the Jazz at 11-6. and six, The Clips at 10-7. and seven, The Mavs at 9-7. and seven, And the Grizzlies at 9-8. and eight. And then you also got the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets both at 9-8 and eight as well. And I don't know what's going to be going on with the Denver Nuggets now that uh, there's a chance that Michael Porter Jr. may not play for the rest of the season. Michael Porter Jr., a very good player, but he's been having some health issues that could keep him out for a significant amount of time, if not the entire length of the season. So... Um, there's a lot to be determined for the rest of the year, but I enjoy watching the Grizzlies, man. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy watching the Grizzlies. All right, let's get to some actual Bay Area-related content, shall we? Now, 888 I want to hear from you. If you were a Giants fan and you saw the signings that have been made, what did you think at 888 Because... Last week, Scott Harris, the GM for the Giants, said that there were going to be some moves done in the near future. And by that, he meant this week. So yesterday, we got the news that they gave Anthony DiSclefani a deal, a three-year deal that's going to be worth $36 million. Now, DiSclefani, to me, is a really tough nut to crack. He is. I... I really don't know how to parse through his season because, statistically, he had a great year. He really did. And I like the fact that he kind of goes out there with no emotion. I mean, he had a 3.17 ERA. He was he had a sub-2 for a majority of the year. And really, if it wasn't for those 10 earned runs against the Dodgers in that first matchup that they had, then... You know, maybe those numbers would be a little bit lower. But then again, that's what happens during the regular season is one game could set everything off. But after all, 13 and 7, 3.17 ERA, 167 innings pitched, 152 strikeouts. But I got to say, the guy's 31 years old and a, tw- a three year deal. We were talking about this last week. When Brandon Belton, the qualifying offer was made, when he was signed for one year and that qualifying offer he signed for, or accepted rather, for $18.4 million. I I liked it because really, if he had a multi-year deal, I don't know how I'd feel about it, depending on the cash value. I know his yearly value, he'd be making you know the same amount as this guy, the same amount as X, the same amount as that. But they are not contractually obligated to pay him for years beyond that. And I don't know what his production is going to be. 
And with Anthony DiSclefani, it seemed like he found a he found a place with the Giants, and he was a good he was a solid part of that rotation. But when next season you expect that the Dodgers are just going to be the same old Dodgers, right? I, I think that um, with their pitching staff. They're never going to go short of pitchers. I mean, they even were one pitcher short this season. The reason that they went so hard after uh, the reason that they went so hard after Max Scherzer was because Dustin May was hurt. Dustin May had to have Tommy John surgery. A really, really good young pitcher, a guy who throws ninety-seven, ninety-eight miles an hour with movement. He's insane. The guy with the long red hair. In case you didn't know who I'm talking about. They're going to have him coming back. They're going to have Julio Urias. They're going to have possibly Scherzer. There's still a deal that uh, we still await a deal, and that's what happens when you got a client of Scott Boris. They're going to squeeze as much money out of the team as possible. But you could expect their young core is going to be good. The San Diego Padres, they got a nice young pitching staff too. Chris Paddock and, uh, 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 oh my gosh, why am I blanking on dude's name? He, who came over from Cleveland. I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but that's what happens, uh, at five. Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger, the long haired guy. They're going to be bringing him back. They're going to have a nice young rotation. And who knows what's going to happen with Bob Melvin. But if you're making these moves and you're Farhan Zaidi, I can't say that any of them are very inspiring right now. They're hoping to get a deal done with Alex Wood, too. We're still waiting for that to be official. We're still waiting for that to be finalized. But nothing's been done with Kevin Gosman, who was your clear, clearly your second-best pitcher, and Logan Webb is going to be your ace. I'm excited for Logan Webb to see what he could do out there. But Anthony DiSclefani, the fact that they signed him to a three-year deal, and the fact that he was unpitchable in the playoffs, that's really what he was. He just went out there, threw a couple of strikes, gave up a couple of hits. When he went out there and faced the Dodgers, the Dodgers, it looked like they were just having a clinic. It looked like it was batting practice for the Dodgers. And really it was for the Dodgers all season against him. So I don't really understand what the move is. I don't know why they made it. I mean, I'm not going to hate on the fact that he could get you some wins in the regular season. And those 107 wins, they don't happen without a guy like DiSclefani on the mound. you got to look at all the little things that got to those 107 wins. And whenever he would start against teams outside of the Dodgers, he gave the Giants very good chances to win in those games. He really did, but he didn't give the Giants a chance to win any games in the postseason. And that's what worries me for the next three years when it looks like that's going to be the Dodgers' window because the Dodgers, they don't have much of a farm system right now. They're not going to just constantly be bringing up guys out of nowhere, and they're going to have to pay some people. Three years down the line, I expect the Padres to be pretty good. We'll see how they are under Bob Melvin. But I don't know. This this move right now, it doesn't inspire much confidence. So we'll see. I really want them to sign an outfielder. I don't know whether that's going to be Chris Bryant. I don't know if they're going to sign him to an extension. I want Nick Castellanos personally. When I saw that he was drawing interest from two teams, the Marlins and the Giants, I want the Giants to be all in on him. I think that he's reaching his prime at the right time. Plus, he's a fun personality. I think that he'd be fun to watch for 162 games in the regular season. So, the the Scalfani signing, it's just whatever to me. 
It's whatever. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Whoo! I mean, no pun intended, but we covered all bases there. Covered all bases. We covered some hockey. Covered some basketball. Covered some baseball. Covered a little bit of football, but we're going to cover some more football next, specifically the 49ers. And 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Debo for MVP. Debo Samuel for MVP. Is that a pipe dream? Or is that is there something there? Is there something with Debo Samuel possibly being the MVP? We'll get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope everyone's having a great Tuesday morning. But I want to have the MVP conversation with Debo Samuel. And my question to you simply is this. Is it way too soon to be having this conversation? Or is there something to it? Does Debo deserve to be in the MVP conversation for what he's done so far this year? At 888-957-9570. That's the text line or the phone number. Of course, feel free to text in or call in, whatever you'd like. And the past couple of texts here we got from the first segment. I mean, the 408, 408, are you obsessed with the doghouse? That's not till tomorrow. That's not till tomorrow, but the 408 says people who throw a whole frozen turkey into a deep fryer are in my doghouse. That segment's coming up tomorrow. So I'll write that one down. People who throw a whole frozen turkey into a deep fryer. Interesting. From the 510. In Farhan, we trust, man. Big Ann on the mound. Only true sore thumb was his arrow versus the Smurfs. That's JP from the stack. And that's what I talked about in the last segment. I'm not. I'm really not sure how to feel about that three-year, $36 million deer deal for Disco. 
If that's going to be the the one signing that you've made so far, and then Alex Wood on the horizon, we'll see how much that's worth. But I don't know if he's worth $12 million a year for the next three years by the time he's going to be 34. And then from the 925, nice guy, what's your podcast? The podcast is Black Hole Sundays, the Raider podcast for the fans who are still in the Bay. And uh, really the topic of conversation for this week's podcast, along with Mr. Joe Spadoni from Willard and Dibs, as well as Steiny and Guru, the technical producer. Of course, you hear Joe Spadoni on the air, and you hear his drops everywhere from 9 until 3. But the topic of conversation is going to be Derek Carr. Is this the last of Derek Carr? Because really, 925... Just to give you a quick one and, and really to spend five seconds on it, I think it might be his last season with the Raiders. And the writing's on the wall now. As the cliche goes, the writing's on the wall. There's no writing on the wall. There's no wall. What wall are we talking about? I, I, I don't know what wall I'm pointing to where the writing is placed. Anyway, Debo Samuel. <laughs> Just terrible, terrible transitions at 523 in the morning. I didn't know how to go from here. Michael Irvin, he was on with David and Ratto, and he had some interesting comments on Debo Samuel, and this is what spurred on the conversation for me, but here's what Michael Irvin had to say about Debo Samuel for the 49ers. You play wide receiver, and, and, and the jump back, and say, okay, now I'll, be able to, I'll, I'll become your running back. And, 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 and to do that, it's, just, it's phenomenal. He really is a phenomenal talent. He really is a gifted, gifted dude. You know, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, if he wanted, he has that. If he really wanted to, if Cal really wanted to, he could certainly put him in an MVP conversation with the way he could use him in the backfield, uh, catching the passes. Sort of like Cordero Patterson does over there for Atlanta. You know what I mean? He certainly has that talent. So... Michael Irvin says that, and, you know, you you may think it's just Michael Irvin trying to fluff things up for the Bay Area listener, whatever it is. But I've been hearing a lot of Debo MVP, Debo MVP, and not that he's won it, not that he's won the MVP, but that he deserves to be within the conversation. And I don't think that's too far-fetched to say at this point, because the odds right now... Uh, to, the, the odds prior to the season to win the MVP. This is from uh, this is for February coming up. But the odds and they were updated uh, up until this point on Monday, on November twenty second. So really until yesterday. Here are the updated MVP odds. Tom Brady's the favorite. Josh Allen in second. Aaron Rodgers in third. Matthew Stafford in fourth. Patrick Mahomes in fifth. Justin Herbert, 6th. Kyler Murray, 7th. Lamar Jackson, 8th. Then you got Jonathan Taylor at 9. And then you got Ryan Tannehill, the Joe Burrow, Cooper Cup, Derek Carr. Not going to take any of those seriously. But those top 7 right there, I think we're kind of all predicted to be within the MVP conversation, right? We always feel that way. Because it's always the quarterback. And who are the top quarterbacks in the league? Well, the ones that we're pointing to, Matt Stafford going to thrive in L.A. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, MVP last season going into this year. Josh Allen, probably going to be the MVP because of how well he played last season and how he was playing the first few weeks. Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, all these guys were in our MVP conversations. 
And now Tom Brady, I know Tom Brady just had the 300-yard game with two touchdowns and really he looked uh, he looked fantastic last night other than, you know, other than that uh, the pick to Adoree Jackson. But Tom Brady's looked good. Josh Allen, something's been going on with him lately. Josh Allen has not been playing up to his MVP standards. If anything, Josh Allen has looked like the Josh Allen of old lately. Aaron Rodgers. Well, he Know what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford not been playing too well lately. Patrick Mahomes. I know they've won four straight, and he had that game with five touchdowns against uh, the the Raiders. But Patrick Mahomes hasn't been playing like an MVP this season. Justin Herbert has. Justin Herbert has. His team just hasn't been getting the Ws. I think Justin Herbert's been fantastic. Kyler Murray has been out for a few games. So all these quarterbacks who are listed here, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is one of the best players on the team, but one of the things that's underrated about the Ravens is the defense and how good they are. Jonathan Taylor is a part of the Colts team, the running back, who just had five total touchdowns against the Bills. Jonathan Taylor is awesome. But if I had to add somebody into that conversation, it wouldn't be Ryan Tannehill or Joe Burrow. Maybe Cooper Cup would be there. It would not be Derek Carr. It would not be Jalen Hurts. It would not be Kirk Cousins. It would not be Mac Jones. Why is James Conner on this list? I don't know. But Debo Samuel and what he's done should absolutely thrust him into the MVP conversation right now. It should. Now, Cooper Cup. As far as receiving the football, I mean, he has 85 receptions for 1,141 yards. He has 10 touchdowns. He has been awesome. He's been great. But he is their primary target. He gets a lot of their, he gets a lot of their target share. But Debo Samuel, in terms of yards, is right behind him with 994. And he's got five touchdowns receiving. But also rushing the football, he has three touchdowns. So he's got eight total. And Debo also has tacked on 137 yards rushing on 19 attempts with an average of 7.2 yards per attempt. And this is only for the past couple of weeks that they've been putting him in at running back. I just think when we're talking so much about Jimmy Garoppolo and the stats and all of that, I keep on seeing... Everywhere on Twitter, all these things about how well Jimmy Garoppolo's been playing for these past few weeks and how, you know, his efficiency is right up there with the likes of all these MVP candidates that I just mentioned. But I just don't think that Jimmy, and this might be a disrespect to Jimmy, and okay, so what? I don't think that he's really that good. That's just me. But. When we're talking about how well he's been playing these past few weeks, we got to look at Debo Samuel. Now, maybe not in this last game because Debo only got two targets and he turned into a running back for, for most of the time. But when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers, I can't help but think about the fact that Debo Samuel has helped him the way that he has. I can't help but think that it's just so it, it it's not easy for a quarterback to get the ball to the wide receiver. But when you got a guy like Debo, if you manage to fit it into a tight window and you manage to get the ball into his hands, he's going to make things happen. If you had just a regular receiver and a one a, a guy who couldn't break as many tackles as he breaks, get as many yards after contact as he gets, 
I mean, last week after their ninth game, we were at a point where we're saying, man, Debo's through through nine games. He's had the second most receiving yards in 49ers history to Jerry Rice through nine games. And he's had the most yards after contact through nine games since Percy Harvin in 2012. Like, he's doing historic things. And that was last week. But it's just, I can't think of all these throws that Jimmy possibly makes that are seven or eight yards where the tackle's broken and then he ends up going for a first down. Where possibly if it was just a regular receiver who would just get hit as soon as he catches the ball and then goes down, then it wouldn't go for a first down. Then you get into a situation where Shanahan has to decide whether to punt the football, whether to go for it, and then we get into a whole semantics argument about going for it on fourth down or whether you should have punted it, whatever. But I just think when you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and how well he's been playing, you can't do that without bringing up Debo Samuel and what he's done into the conversation. I think the value that he's brought to this offense, an offense which has been not struggling at running back, I'm not going to say that, but it hasn't had that bell cow. They didn't make that decision to make Elijah the Mitchell the bell cow until later on in the year. That offense has been without George Kittle for a few games. Kyle Juszczyk has still been in every game. But the offensive line hasn't been great. And it's just you're capable of overcoming those things when you have a receiver like Debo Samuel. So I do think Cooper Cup should be in that conversation among wide receivers. I do think Devontae Adams deserves to be in the conversation. Justin Jefferson has been awesome this year. And maybe this is just my bias being here in the Bay Area. But seeing what Debo's done week after week after week this season, his value to the team is just as high as any other non-quarterback going right now on any other on, on any of the offenses. Now, if he's not the MVP, of course, you know that's fine. But I do think he deserves to be within the conversation and certainly within the offensive player of the year conversation. How that differ, differs from MVP. I don't know. From the 408, every good quarterback has a great receiver. How can you knock Jimmy for that? Not necessarily. That's not necessarily true. It can be. It can be. But it it just feels like with Debo, with the yards after contact, the amount of yards that Jimmy gets with those throws, I think it really inflates his stats. Not compared to these other guys like Josh Allen, for example, who has a guy like Stephon Diggs who can get open 30 yards downfield and you could just throw a dime to him. But also, it takes a lot of skill to throw that deep ball and to do it with pressure. I just don't see Jimmy do that all that often. And maybe I'm totally disrespecting Jimmy right now and it might not be fair to him. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. I really don't. I think he's got you know accuracy, but I think he does what every quarterback should be capable of doing. If your quarterback can't at least do what Jimmy does, then that dude does not deserve to be the starter for whichever football team. Sam Darnold, for example, can't make any throws by uh, by the looks of it. You know, at the very baseline, they need to be able to do what Jimmy Jimmy does, and that's throw crossing routes 10 to 15 yards in the middle of the field. That's what's made everyone successful. But you also got to be able to throw outside the numbers. From the 408, bro, Brady did that his whole career with Edelman and Welker. True. True. But it's just these past few games, and Brady did that his whole career. I've only been seeing this for four or five games with Jimmy. Other than that, 
the reason that those stats were inflated to me is because of what Debo Samuel's able to do. That's just where I'm at. And a lot of you are going to disagree, and that's fine, because everyone loves Jimmy around here, and I understand that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I, I know who he is, and I think he's decent, but I don't think he's that great, and I don't think he's going to get you over to the top. I just don't. I don't know how this Debo MVP conversation led to this Jimmy conversation, but that's that's where I'm at. For the 5 widow, I didn't say with all due respect. I actually just said I'm going to disrespect right now. That's unfortunate. <laughs> just shout out to you, Zuchi, man. What is it, that Artie Lang drop? Oh, you know, I'm, I was going to take offense, but then you said no offense, so now everything's cool. All right, on the other side of 888-957-9570, want to continue to go around the NFL, play some more stuff from Michael Irvin, as well as Peter King from DRK, or excuse me, from Damon and Ratto. Damn, I did it. It just, you know, it was just so used to it. From Damon and Ratto, Peter King was on yesterday, and he had something to say about the 49ers-Vikings matchup, and I really want to take a closer look at that because we do have only tomorrow's show, Thursday off, and then I'm off on Friday. We only got a couple of days to talk about this, so we'll get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. And before we get to what Peter King had to say, as well as Michael Irvin on Damon and Ratto, because I think Peter King brought something up about this Sunday's game. I think, you know, barring any final regular season game that has to do with making the playoffs or not, to me, this is the biggest game so far this season with the 49ers that's coming up against the Vikings. This is a this is a huge matchup. It really is. I understand you got to stack wins, and you really do. But this is more than just a stack a win game. I don't. My reaction, if they do end up beating the Vikings on Sunday, it's going to be a lot more than oh they just stacked a win. Like this to me is the one that will officially propel them into the playoff conversation because really it's been among the NFC. It's been these five teams that I've been paying attention to. I've been repeating that really every week. There's always the five teams that I'm that I'm looking at uh, atop the NFC. It was the Cowboys. Buccaneers, Packers, Rams, and I forgot the other one, but there are always five teams, and now I'm just at the point where I don't know within the NFC. I don't know. Looks like the Buccaneers, after losing to Washington, they come back and beat the New York Giants. I, I, I really I really don't know what the NFC looks like. However, I do know that the Vikings and the 49ers have really been in the same position throughout their time and uh, throughout their time this season and right now they're both 5 and 5 the cardinals of course the cardinals are the other team on that list and right now the fact that the cardinals are 9 and 2 with kyler murray and probably deandre hopkins coming back soon then they're going to be right up there i don't know with the rams the rams are 7 and 3 i still actually think they're a pretty decent football team the buccaneers at 7 and 3 they're, they they have Tom Brady. They're still going to be good. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers, 
Um, they're at the top of the NFC North right now. They're going to be they're pretty much locked into the playoffs. And then you got the Cowboys at seven and three. They've locked themselves into the NFC East lead. I, I don't think the Eagles or the Washington Football Team, and definitely not the New York Giants, are going to overtake them at any point. But the Vikings are second in the NFC North right now. And granted, the NFC West and the NFC North are completely different within the divisions. And I do want to get to that game in just a second. But want to shout out the Sharks. Started out the show with this. But they were going up against the 14-1-1 Carolina Hurricanes. And then they were able to do this in OT. Shout out to you, Barbanov. Barbanov. Back for EK65 to Ferraro. He beats it up a bit, now gets it flat, sends it down to Hurdle. Shot saved by Ronka, and Barabanov scores! Sharks win it in overtime! Now the Sharks are 9-8-1 and one on the year, and... They've gone four and five and one in their last ten, but hey, getting that win last night for the few amount of fans that go, if you're a fan of the Sharks and you go on a Monday night, I'll assume you're a true fan and not just somebody casual. So it's good that anytime they can get a win at home, I just, I don't know, that's just, I, I got a soft spot for the Sharks fans down to the South Bay just because I'm from Fremont, you know? I, I really do. And when I saw the lack of fans over there, I'm just like, please just get a win for the fans that actually showed up. From the 408, every Niners fan says this every week. Biggest game of the season. Every week. See, were you saying that about the Jags, though? Was anyone really saying that? Everyone was saying, ah, it could be a trap game, but that's what everybody in the NFL says when they're going up against a crappy team. Oh, trap game. Trap game this, trap game that. But in reality, we just forgot to mention, hey, the Jaguars stink. They should be able to beat the crap out of them. (laughs) Wow. A little pun intended there, I guess, with the with the Jaguars stink and beat the crap out of them. But this game against the Vikings, I just think with where they're both at in the in the season, I think if you get a win here, this is the one this Sunday where I'm going to be looking back later on in the year if they're within playoff contention or they've possibly already got a spot in the playoffs. Let's just say they're in uh, they're in LA to face the Rams. Right? Let's just say they're at SoFi. And at that point, they're already in the playoffs. I'm going to be looking back to this Week 12 matchup, and I'm going to say, oh, is that win over the four, oh, that win over the Vikings when you truly knew that this team could be a playoff contender? And, and one other thing, before we get to what Peter King and, uh, and Michael Irvin had to say on Damon and Ratto, but from the, where are you at here? From the, oh, damn it. From the 925, because I was talking about Debo in the MVP conversation, and usually agree with what you're saying. This is from the 925. That was the nicest thing anyone's ever texted in to me. Usually agree with what you're saying. But Ayuk had a better game on Sunday, and after Jonathan Taylor's five-touchdown game, Debo's not winning the MVP this year. And I'm not saying that he deserves to win it. I'm not saying that. But I believe that he at least, at the very least deserves to be within that conversation more than any other 49er on the team if you're going to have one candidate who's out there for mvp it would be debo right now it would be debo just because of what he's been doing on offense for the season not going to be saying he's winning it 
Hell, I'd put Jonathan Taylor right up there. I think Jonathan Taylor has been awesome this season. Jonathan Taylor's been fantastic. I'd love to put him right up there. But as we all know, the MVP is probably going to be a quarterback, and by the end of the season... It'll probably be Patrick Mahomes just because that's a popular pick and that's what everybody wants to go with. But I think that Debo at least deserves the recognition of being within the conversation of MVP because I think on this recent stretch of games and just how he's been playing, how versatile he's been, and what he's been doing with the yards after contact and everything, the yards after the catch, Debo's been awesome. I just think he deserves a spot in that conversation. That's all. Not saying he deserves to win it. Not saying he's going to win it. Hell, I mean, Cooper Cup has five more receiving touchdowns than him. Now, granted, Debo has eight total because he has three rushing touchdowns so far this season. But Cooper Cup deserves to be in that conversation, too. A lot of guys deserve to be in that conversation. And maybe that's just a really broad way of putting it. But they need that recognition. I think that's what Debo Samuel deserves. But Michael Irvin, he talked about it. He said Debo deserves to be in the MVP conversation. That's what uh, I agree with. Now, Peter King, he had this to say. Peter King, of course, you know him from uh, originally with Monday Morning Quarterback. Now he's on Football Morning in America, and that's what he writes for. He, he has an awesome column every single week. And Peter King joined Damon and Ratto for his weekly conversation. And here's what he had to say about the importance of this Vikings 49ers game. I would have thought two weeks ago, looking down the road, that 49ers Vikings would be a wing and a prayer for the seventh playoff spot. And now I look at it and say, it's not out of the realm of possibility that both teams could make it, you know, or or at the very least that they would enter week 18 with one of them having made it. Now, I really was in the same boat because as soon as I saw the... Wow, did I say that word weird. But as soon as I saw the Vikings beat the uh, beat the Packers last week, as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, wow, this game just became that much more interesting because the Vikings do this every single year. Kirk Cousins does this every single year where everyone is going to see a couple of losses early on in the season, completely write them off, and then quietly, even though they may lose a game or two, They're going to score points, and they're going to lose in close fashion. And they do this every year, and eventually the Vikings are going to go on, possibly make a playoff spot, and then you know flame out in the playoffs. That's my total expectation for the Minnesota Vikings this year. And, And that's what it's at now. But prior to that, it really, I was looking at this game, and I was just thinking, all right, really, when's the Seahawks game going to come along? But that Seahawks game... Division games are different, and I know you're in prime time and you're in Seattle, so really you can, quote-unquote, throw the records out the window, as they say. But this game against the Vikings, to me, this is one where you can prove to your fan base, because if you don't, if you don't win this game, if you don't win this one, then you're going into, into that Seahawks game really with the conversation of, should Trey Lance be starting? Like That's, what it, that's where it would be. Because they'd be five and six, and you know, I, I don't know how much closer to a wild card they'd be, and then really that would make the Seahawks game all that more important. But I'm saying if you get this win over the Vikings, it gives you so much more of a leash to possibly make a mistake here or there down these final stre- down the final stretch of games here in the season. 
And this is also an important one because this is going to be your game at home. It doesn't get much easier from here as far as the travel because, you know, they were on the East Coast. Now they're back in the West Coast. Then they're going to go up to Seattle. Then they're going to go across the nation. Then go to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And then they're going to be back at home against the Falcons. So the travel schedule is going to be very tedious for this next week or so. From the 707, I love when Raider fans talking best about Jimmy G when their own quarterback has never even won a playoff game in his career. Overrated Derek Carr. And as a Raider fan, you should take my word for it because I know what bad quarterback play looks like. More than any other fan base, really. Because I know what that looks like. And what I see from starting quarterback at the 49ers, he's all right. He's decent. He can maybe get you to win games, but I don't look at the win-loss record. I hate quarterback win-loss record. Don't ever throw the Garoppolo win-loss record with the 49ers at me. Don't ever do that because it's a team stat. I'm never looking at wins and losses from a quarterback um, and, and taking that into account. I'm really not. That, that's just that's where I'm at, and I'm very stubborn about it. <laughs> very stubborn. That's who I am. Very stubborn about that whole situation. But I'm just saying, if you get a win over the Vikings and you go 6-5, and five, then you can go to Seattle. All right, okay, you can maybe lose that game, and it wouldn't be that bad. You'd be 6-6. Six and six. You'd still be in it. But if you lose this game against the Vikings, I mean, you're going into that game. You're going into Seattle prime time on Sunday night football where Russell Wilson tends to shine, even though he doesn't look that great right now. But the pressure's on, I think, this week. I, I, I really do. 888 that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. You know how I do it. I can't screen the calls when I'm in the studio because I'm in the producer studio where the phone is. So there's no producer in here that can take the calls and answer them. So I got to do it myself live on air. If I answer to when, when you give me your name and where you're calling from, that means you are live on the air. So caller number one, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Kevin. Hello? What's Hello? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, that was a total fail. <laughs> oh, man. But Peter King, he continued. And, and this is something that I think has changed with a lot of 49er fans because Peter King was talking about the starting quarterback position. This season was going to be... Does Kyle Shanahan give his draft choice the opportunity at some point this year to have the job? And I always thought, based on my conversation with Kyle Shanahan on draft weekend, that yes, Trey Lance was going to get a shot, and it would be a fair shot if, but only if, Jimmy Garoppolo struggled. And I think we always talked about, so what is going to cause Trey Lance to get his chance? Well, to me, this was always, always Jimmy Garoppolo's job to lose. And it is. It is right now. But I'm also at the point where this is this is very interesting because 
if the if Jimmy Garoppolo, let's just say he goes off and totally proves me wrong, and you know is listening to the five a.m. show, and you're right, nine two five, the Niner game versus Seattle is going to be flexed out. You are correct. Uh, totally th- uh, did not take that report. Adam Schefter tweeted it out last night that they're looking to replace it possibly with uh, Bengals Chargers, which I think uh, would be the game, but. Um, when it comes to Garoppolo this season, if he does, let's just say he does ball out and continues to do what he's doing, because right now, I think that you have seen the best of what Jimmy Garoppolo can do, and that is throwing accurate footballs 10 to 15 yards in the middle of the field, giving the receivers an opportunity, but not really doing much more than that. Like, that's what you're going to see Jimmy do. That's what he thrives at, and that's okay. That's that's fine. But also Trey Lance does a little more. But if if Garoppolo if Garoppolo does manage to ball out this season and continue to win football games, everyone's going to be using that win-loss record. And Garoppolo, I don't know if the trade value is going to go up, I don't know if, you know, I'm seeing already that if Garoppolo continues to play the way he's playing, that he's going to be, uh, he, he, you're going to get a first rounder for him. But if he continues to play the way that he's playing and the 49ers end up making it to the playoffs, I'm not going to knock Garoppolo as the quarterback at that point. Because if he if they end up making it, to the, making it to the playoffs this year, I will give him credit for that. But next season, he's still under contract. And, you know, you could release him or whatever, and it really wouldn't cost you much. If you would have released him this year, it would have cost you $27 million. Next season, if you just end up cutting him, it only cost you one point four. So not a ton against the salary cap. But I see there being a possible chance that they just stick with Jimmy. I really do. I really do think that there's a possibility that they stick with Jimmy. Do I think that's the right decision? I don't know. It might have to do with what goes on in the playoffs and how they perform. I mean, if they make it to the Super Bowl again, there's no doubt in my mind that Garoppolo is going to be the starter in 2022. Will he do enough for the rest of this season? And that's why I think this Vikings game is just so big because you're going up against a team who is eerily similar, in my opinion. Very. Because you got a guy in Kirk Cousins, and you know everyone always brings up... uh, Kyle Shanahan's love for Kirk Cousins, blah, blah, blah. But look, Cousins was a different quarterback when Kyle Shanahan wanted him. There was still a lot of room to grow. Would Cousins have turned into the quarterback he is now if he was with Shanahan, a guy who knew him? I think that's a hypothetical that's interesting to dive into, but ultimately I don't think you could come to a conclusion based on that. But their teams, their rosters, overall I've thought that the Vikings have had a solid defense when ever since Mike Zimmer's been the head coach. And they've got good players. I mean, you got the linebacker Eric Kendricks. You got your linebacker with the 49ers and Fred Warner. The only difference is really at running back where you got Dalvin Cook, who is the bell cow. But you also got a good wide receiver core. Now, the Vikings might be better. The Vikings with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, if, if Ayuk continues on the track that he's on, I think you got a pretty comparable wide receiver core right there. The offensive line for the Vikings, it's okay. They have some okay players maybe at tackle. 
But ultimately, it's not amazing. Their tight end is not the same. They're not the same at tight end. George Kittle is far better than Tyler Conklin, who's been their starting tight end this year. Um, they got a veteran in Patrick Peterson at quarterback, along with Bashad Breeland. And then you got Harrison Smith, along with, uh, oh, what's his, what's his name? Xavier Woods. A couple of guys who are veterans in that position. Eerily similar teams right now with the 49ers versus the Vikings. And that's why I think this game on Sunday means so much. And that's why if I'm going to be looking at the end of the year in week was it 18? At week 18, if I'm looking at the end of the year and I'm watching the 49ers versus the Rams and the 49ers have their chance to get their way into the playoffs or they've already made their way into the playoffs, I'm going to be looking back at this week 12 Sunday and saying that win over the Vikings right there is when you knew that this could be a playoff team. Like That's where I'm at with the Niners. That's where I'm at, at 888-957-9570. From the 707, show me one article saying Jimmy would be worth the first. I'm glad you called me out on that, because you know where I saw it? The ever-reliable source, Twitter. All right, let's get to the caller here before we end the show at 888-957-9570. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Mitch. Mitch, all right. Sorry about that. What's going on? You got 30 seconds, Mitch. 30 seconds. I'm at the end of the show here. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, you and your family. Happy holidays, man. Hey, Debo is like Terry Mancast. You play well. You got to even give him a big consideration for MVP, but you got to go with Cup. Uh, he's not fast, you know. Just, you know, like white man can't jump, uh, white man can't run either. Sometimes I'm just being facetious here. <laughs> got the numbers. It's looking good for him. And how about any of the bosses, the bosses, especially uh, especially uh, Nick? I mean, they can't call holes in every play. The guy's being double teamed in health. They can't catch every hole. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Mitch. And it, it's tough with guys like Bosa and any star because all those guys are getting held virtually on every play. But that one that he did get holding, uh, get called holding for, I mean, that was so obvious. If they if they would have missed that one, then something cer- certainly would have been wrong. All right, what's coming up on the game is the morning roast, and it's going to be sponsored by. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.